guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast, the Simple Mission Podcast. Um, I'm here with Leanna. Yeah, I'm here. Hi. And with also, we have uh, two special guests in the room, in the house today, and that is a youth pastor and young adults pastor, Clayton and Abigail Sullivan. Hello. So, hi. How are you doing? <laughs> well, this is fun. <laughs> Welcome on the podcast. Um, have you guys been like on a podcast before at all? Or I have been on one. Oh, it, really? Yes. It was Travis Talks. It was a buddy of mine from college. He um, and it was random conversations, and uh, he wanted to talk about when Ro- Ronald, uh, when Waterburger mm-hmm. got um, bought out in Chicago, and so it was really interesting. And that podcast. Never got published. <gasps> yeah. He, he like, just kind of stopped doing podcasts. And so we were, like, his last one. Oh. And then, so me and my buddy were in it. And we were, like, waiting forever. And then... You, um, like, call him up. Where is it? <laughs> well, no, I asked him at my wedding. And because he was one of my groomsmen. I'm like, hey, so when are you posting that? It was, like, a year ago. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I'm kind of done. I'm kind of done with it. I'm like, man, I suck that bad. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you won't be. No, yeah. this one would be a fun one. <laughs> this is round two, and, and uh, yeah, sounds good. Um, Abigail, have you have you been mm. on one before? Never, never. Your first nope. time. Okay, cool. Well, it was our first time too, so <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, so um, I guess we can just um, talk about a little bit about you guys and um, ask you a little bit about yourselves and kind of what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, Clayton, we'll start with you. Awesome. Well... My name is Clayton. I am a youth and young adults pastor at Church of Hope in Corpus Christi, um, Texas, for those who uh, are not from Texas. Um, Fun fact about myself, I love Star Wars and coffee and Dr. Pepper to the max, (laughs) but I also equally love Jesus. Um, It's a big part of my life. That's, and I'm married to an amazing person, Abigail. So, want to tell a little bit about yourself? Oh, that sucks. Um, my name is Abigail, and I love volleyball. I used to play all throughout um, middle school, high school, college. I coached a little bit, so I really enjoy volleyball. Um, and I um, pastor along with Clayton, but I'm also a behavioral technician. Um, so I work with kids with autism. I do like behavioral therapy mm-hmm. um, with them. So it's a really rewarding but um, struggling job sometimes, but it's good. That's awesome. good. I feel like um, working with kids requires a lot of patience and love. So yes. I'm really happy to hear that you work with kids that, you know, need help and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I love that, you know, we're finally having you all on the podcast. We've been talking about this for a long time now. Yes. And we finally got them onto our podcast. Um, so now, you know, y'all are youth pastors and, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, y'all are amazing at it. And, um, but we just wanted to ask you a few questions about, you know, being a youth pastor. Let's go. Um, you know, what are you seeing that the youth are struggling with today? You know? So what the youth are struggling with today? Well, um, something, um, something I've always been really interested in, even when I was in college is generational studies. Mm -hmm. Um, so like my minor was in student ministry. My major is actually in worship. Um, I love to play music. That was something else about me, fun fact. But um, I love generational studies. And the current generation we're, you know, we're pastoring is, uh, with youth is Gen Z. And uh, 
something that the, they're struggling with today is honestly, it's an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gen Z starts in um, about the year 2000. Um, really right now, our students get born, are born in the year 2005, 2006, and they have never lived in a world without an iPhone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, they live, they've lived in a technology era where the fact of the day is their social media presence, their social media lives are equally as important as their lives, their physical lives on earth. Mm -hmm. And so the fact of the day is they can be one person online and they can be another person in in front of your face. Mm -hmm. And so there's an identity crisis of they see different people and there's such a comparison issue Mm -hmm. that they don't really know who they are because of those kind of things, just a technology issue. Um, and trying to figure out who you actually are. Mm-hmm. So that's a one one of the many things that youth are struggling with that I see right now. It's just the fact that they, they don't know who they are. They don't know what they could be. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's actually so much potential for these students, for, these, mm-hmm. uh, for Gen Z today that they could achieve. But they're just paused in this uh, world of technology, in this world of comparison, this world of... Uh, so many other things, but that's one big thing. What about you? Um, I think it has to go with identity, but along with like relying on other people to um, like complete them or make them feel like oh, they're yeah. important, they're loved, they're worth it. And if they don't, whether it's online or in person, then mm-hmm. it causes a lot of, um, I think, mental... I think that's where a lot of the mental um, issues come in of like anxiety, depression, um, that kind of thing because they're so worried about what everyone else is saying about them or what other people say they are when they're not really relying on God Mm to, you know, say that. And so I think that's kind of where the identity issue comes in as well is just not being able to rely on who God says they are but Mm -hmm. everyone else, the whole world, and that's really hard. Mm -hmm. Something I wanted to add to that on what you just said is about uh, some of the statistics of our students right now is – a lot of our students, their parents are not raising them. Mm-hmm. It's actually their grandparents. I want to say like maybe two, two thirds. I don't know. Um, a good amount of our students are being raised by grandparents or someone else, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's kind of crazy that just fact of this is gonna sound rude, but the laziness of previous generations is lacking in this generation Mm -hmm. and uh, something that our pastor at church of hope our lead pastor pastor rod is constantly saying is he's talking about passing it on Mm -hmm. what he's saying is 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 like handing a baton like if you're at a track meet Mm -hmm. is you know it's our job to pass on what we know to the next generation to let them go off to be better Mm -hmm. and so um i know that's a big big issue is the fact today is that there was a generation before gen z that neglected them that they're being neglected as we speak. And um, that's why relationships are so important nowadays. Um, yeah, I think the value of the relationship, not online, but in person, is, is has mm-hmm. to be really strong and greater than online online relationships, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but they I, don't know that because they grew up with iPhone mm-hmm. or they grew up like in technology. And I feel like for me, I had that... I, and I know you're the same age as I am, but mm-hmm. I had that perfect balance of not having technology at all growing up other than TV. 
and I was outside a lot, and, and I imagined a lot, I read a lot, about, like, as a kid growing up, but then I think I was 15 or 16 when I got my first iPhone, and that, well, I didn't, I mean, I had my iPhone, but my parents didn't allow me to have social media, which was only, like, Facebook at the time. Yeah. Um, Not MySpace? I did not did my face. I know you did. Yeah, <laughs> you have your like top five songs. Yeah, I did. Let's I go. did. I did. Yeah, mine so. was Jesse McCartney. All the country oh. music. <laughs> nice. All country music. Yeah, probably. But anyway, I just think like it's interesting that I had like like Clayton and, and as well as you and Abigail. Uh, we had like that separation of like no technology and then social media world. But I feel like for me, I just since I'm 25, I feel like I can if I feel myself being on social media too much, I can turn it off and be like, okay, I don't need to be on it. But I feel like with the Gen D, they have a hard time turning it off because that's their life, mm-hmm. you know? And you made a really good point on that. Yeah. I mean, they thought. find their identity in that mm-hmm. insanely. Um, yeah. But there's so much There's so much to go on with Gen Z. But the fact of the day is they look, social media, their home life, mm-hmm. um, and the fact of the day is that um, struggling, how you can solve the struggling today is be present with students. Um, something I tell our team constantly is we need to be present, we need to be personal, and we need to create a, a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's off of the lead small book by the Orange Curriculum. But it's it's the values that I carry for our students is that they don't um, they don't want a performance. They want transparency. Um, this this generation, you can have the best show on the planet, and they could care less about it. They want to know how real you are. Yeah, wow. they're like they're yeah. very. That's good. They're very transparent, and so the fact today, it's not how great you can preach to them, but it's how personal you can be with them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. it's just awesome. it's just being real with them, but also being with them and being willing to be with them because, like you said, their home life is lacking or. Um, family life is lazy to spend time with their kids, but I feel like you've been with them and, you know, you and Abigail are always, you know, inviting the kids over to your house or, you know, having events so that y'all, y'all could all be together. I feel like they really crave that, even though sometimes they don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're so used to like online stuff and being on their phone that yeah. they're like, oh, I don't know why I like being here, but, you know, I yeah. kind of need this. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've kind of noticed just kind of with talking with um, some of my younger siblings and their friends is like they want to get the answer like fast. Like there's no beating around the bush. Like my my little brother just called me like before I got here and he had a question about taxes. And he went, he didn't ask me how I was. Hey, I have a question. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, okay, hold on. <laughs> let me let me put down my fork and cereal here, you know, and like <laughs> My spoon, my fork. I, I kind of want to see that. <laughs> I tried to he eat cereal. Like the milk. And you should drink the milk after. Y'all need, do, y'all need to do an Instagram reel. Oh, like how to have cereal like with him. fork. Yes. So be on the lookout on the Simple Mission <laughs> social media pages for David to. We'll do it just for you, Clayton and Abigail. <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah, but so then I'm like, well, hold on, you know, like, like let me like prepare for this. And so, anyways, but but that's but that's something that I think that is difficult for maybe us to relate to them a little bit because we kind of are more, I guess, longer drawn out with our our questions and like statements like, oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, like, why is this? And then there's different answers and stuff like that. And so, you know, I feel like one of the ways that 
we can relate to the youth today is to be real and transparent and to be honest with ourselves. And I think it'll transpire into them, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel like that's kind of where you're going with it, yes, right? exactly. Okay. And so, like, if you, like, so y'all have seen our young adult ministry. What we do is night and day different mm-hmm. from our youth ministry. And the reason why is just because of the generation gaps. Yeah. The fact of the day is, like, you can have, and also maturity in that aspect, but the fact of the day is, like, we can go into a deep conversation and at Hope Young Adults, and it goes deep we can go as deep as we possibly can with a student they want the answer right then and out and it's on to the next subject Mm -hmm. so you said something like that i just wanted to they're very like quick to learn and they want to get done with it yeah and it's because of the attention rate which comes back to social media Mm -hmm. because they're used to a 30 15 second tiktok video about how to make spaghetti and meatballs and so (laughs) how to eat cereal with a fork yes exactly (laughs) so that's that's the attention span so okay so yeah there's so much that uh we can be doing to help with gen z Mm -hmm. or with youth of today and so cool a lot they're struggling with but a lot we can do to help yeah abigail how do you how do you feel like you can relate to them um maybe on uh another topic or something that clayton hasn't brought up maybe that something that like you're thinking about um well I don't know. I think he's totally right about them wanting to be personal. I think sometimes I find myself, it it's hard to make a connection right off the bat. And sometimes you feel like you're trying too hard because you're trying to figure out how to make a connection and you feel like they're just looking at you like, why are you talking to me? And so I think that's hard for me sometimes because I don't know how to like, I, I can't be silly like he can. He can go into a room and he can like just act a fool and they're all just like what are you doing and he can just live with it like he yeah. just loves it and he'll soak it in he'll uh-huh. just go with it and I'm not that person so for me it's hard I'm kind of like why are you staring at me like you hate me I'm just trying to have a conversation <laughs> with you and so I think um for me that's hard sometimes um hmm. trying to make a connection yeah. but I feel once I can find a common like factor um with them it's a lot easier and I feel like they can like relate to me and they kind of want to talk to me more versus like me not knowing anything about their interests and then they're like well I don't really (laughs) I don't really have anything to talk to you about you don't know anything about my interests and so I think um, I think that's where it comes in like having so many like youth leaders or um, people that have like diversity on like their hobbies or you know stuff that they do outside of youth because they can relate to a wider span and like we can't reach all of our students yeah, and have a one-on-one on one. mm-hmm. right have a one-on-one conversation with all of them so we have to have you know help with our leaders and that diversity with that so mm-hmm. I feel like I um, related to I related to what you were saying about how they find their identity also in relationships or mm-hmm. in people yeah. I feel like that is so rampant today mm-hmm. in the youth because you know, social media kind of portrays the, like, oh, you have to have this image of, you know, you have the perfect boyfriend or girlfriend, mm-hmm. and um, they see that, they're like, oh, I want that, and then they have it, and they're like, well, I'm not happy, and they don't understand why they're not happy, and um, their identity is supposed to be in Christ, but they don't know that. Mm-hmm. But y'all are there to share the truth, mm-hmm. you know? So y'all are doing it, y'all are doing what you can to mm-hmm. reach out to them. Yeah, and I think yeah. the most important thing, like, with that, too, is, like, you know, sometimes we think like, oh, you know, we reached like this message was really good. I feel like it reached a lot of kids. And then you ask some of them afterwards and 
they tell you something and you're like, well, you did not understand that at all. And so I think um, it's, it's, it's hard Encouragement sometimes. Encouragement of the day, y'all. <laughs> it's hard sometimes, but like oh, I preached so on funny. singleness a while back and one of the students was like, I think no one's going to understand this because everybody doesn't want to be single. And I was like, cool, thanks for that. But like, I mean... I think the most important thing is, like, even though, like, because we were kids, like, we didn't listen to our parents, our adults telling us, like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. we did it and then we had to learn about it. And so I think for us, like, we're trying to teach them and trying to give them some guardrails. But if they go through those guardrails, we're going to be there when, when they fall down and they need to get back up. And we're yeah. going to be there to support them even, like even if they didn't listen in the first place because we've been there. We understand yeah. that we didn't listen in the first place, but we had people that helped us back up. Exactly. So I think that's important. Well, like the other day, uh, I talked to my, I called my youth pastor up and uh, his name is Malcolm. And uh, I called him up and he said, so how does it feel to be, uh, I called him right before, uh, like I knew I was getting the position. I knew this was about to happen. And I called him up and I was telling him what was going to happen. And Later on, we call. I called him back a few days ago, and I just said, "Hey, so I've been doing this for a few months now. I am so sorry for everything I put you through." <laughs> and uh, yeah, back today, maybe like, you'll get that whole five years from now. I am waiting. I can. I, I'm seeing about four students right now. I'm like, <laughs> I better get a phone call. Oh. But um, the fact of the day is, um, like Abigail said, it's guardrails. Um, for a lot of ministers, it's probably really, really difficult to um work like work several hours a week on a message and you you look at these kids and you're praying for these kids you're wanting to pour into these kids you want to disciple these kids because you want them to not go through what you went through Mm -hmm. and you're like you wrote this for this you wrote this line for this exact kid and you look them in the eye when you're speaking this one part and they are on their phone and you're like oh my gosh god strike them with your lightning or something (laughs) um and let them know that you're talking to them because it's one, it's not me talking, it's the Holy Spirit talking. Yeah. But um but it's just a passion. The fact of the day is like, you know, um something I always I've I've said to certain people who are in youth ministry or in ministry in general mm-hmm. is that I'm a product of good youth ministry. I, I am a product wow. of good youth ministry. Um the fact of the day is I had a youth pastor who was constantly on call. Um and to be and to just give him honor for the moment is that man never got paid he Mm -hmm. he was not on staff he did this voluntarily and he did it for 10 plus years Um, that's awesome and um god's fine god is really blessing him right now in the season he's in and i just that one little second of honor towards him but it was because the days he chose to be present Mm -hmm. yeah and it wasn't it wasn't a thing about money it wasn't a thing about um position it wasn't anything about title but it was the fact of the days he knew that there's students that need him yeah um that he's gone through stuff and that he knows that he can help guide because the thing is is it's not that being a pastor means that you're this holy um know-it-all what it means is the fact of the days you're a shepherd you're a guide and the fact of the day is you know 
I've gone through lust. I've gone through temptation. I've gone through having 10,000 girlfriends in the past. And I really want to save Billy Bob from not dating this girl because it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's going to have heartbreak. And next thing you know, he's going to run away from God because you talked about fulfillment. And we constantly, and I'm preaching about this right now, is we constantly run towards fulfillment. But is that fulfillment going to last? Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Mm. That was a little bit of a sermon there. Huh? Yeah, that was good, Clayton. You guys get him started. Just be careful. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, um, you know, as we kind of wrap up and close off this topic here, um, is, is there anything else, like, you guys want to add on this? Any kind of last-minute thoughts? I, I think youth? it's been good. Yeah, on, on particular okay. with youth. Yes. Um, I think it's been really good to hear from, hear from you all. I mean, my eyes have been opened up, too, you know. Um, Hopefully, as well as you all, but mm-hmm. do y'all have any last-minute things to say about it or just about, like, being youth pastors and um, influencing the youth, trying to in the right direction? And trying to be TikTok famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have anything first? Um, I don't think so. Hmm. I would say this is going to anybody who serves in youth ministry, whether you're a youth pastor or your one, if, even if you serve in youth ministry, you are a youth pastor. I, I want to say that mm. is, uh, and the people who serve on my youth ministry, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> you're a youth pastor. Yeah. I don't. I don't want ever. I don't want anyone to ever feel doubted. Oh, I just serve in the youth. No, you can touch a kid. Yeah. Just by being there, like mm-hmm. they want people in their lives. But the question today are: Are you willing to be in their lives? You know. Um, and if you're listening to this and you, you're trying to serve in your local church, I challenge you. Go and serve in youth for a few months and just try it out. And connect, try and connect with three kids, three mm. students, and get to know their interests, get to know who they are, get to know what's going on in your life. And I promise you, you can see something change in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's really good. And um, as we transition to the next topic, um, you know, like you were saying, you are a product from having a good youth pastor. Well, sometimes we can be a product, or people listening can be a product of, you know, bad church behavior or mm-hmm. and all of that. And we can deal with church hurt. And so we recently um, talked about church hurt on the podcast, and we just wanted to bring up the topic to y'all. And, you know, many people really had a lot of feedback and comments on experiencing uh, church hurt, and it was... It, it, it affected the way they believed about God in the church, you know, as pastors, leaders, and fellow Christians, you know, do you have any encouragement to those who have experienced church hurt or are thinking about going back to church or don't like church anymore? Mm-hmm. That is a deep topic, <laughs> and yeah. I, it makes me excited. Um, I, like, I like these kind of questions. One, um, I'm sorry that you got hurt. It, and I want to I want to say this as a person who works for the church, who is a servant of the church, mm-hmm. is that it wasn't the church that hurt you; it's people that hurt you. Mm. People hurt people, and what is the church? The church is designed by God for people to serve Him. But the fact of the day is, people are not perfect, and um, that's where the church comes in. The church is designed is the bride of Christ, and uh, Christ's ultimate action was grace. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, as a pastor, I have accidentally hurt people. I didn't even mean it. I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's sometimes I, I'll hear from someone and they are completely offended by me. They hate my guts and I didn't even know. And it's just the hack today is I'm human and I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so one, and here's the thing, I've been hurt by the church before. I'm not saying that the church is perfect. Yeah. It's the fact today is that um, people hurt people. And uh, that's one of the biggest, I mean, that's one of the biggest things. And my encouragement on that is forgiveness. Um, it's, it's easier said than done. Um, I know you probably have a thing or two to say on that, but it's forgiveness. One, forgiving others and two, forgiving yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, very, very big things, um, for the church hurt because the thing is we are, we are commissioned to be the church, Mm -hmm. but how can you be the church if you're hurt by the church? Yeah. And so the fact today is. Forgiving yourself and forgiving others, because the fact of the day is we're not perfect. The only per- perfect person was Jesus. Like um, we've said this in HYA, he's a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man, and he had every opportunity to. Jesus offended people. Um, like think about yeah. that. He flipped the table. He made the Pharisees tick. He ticked them off yeah. so much. He they put him on the cross. The fact of the day is offense is going to happen, but. Um, offense is going to happen, but the question today is, what is your response to that? Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I totally agree with you. I think, um, I think many times people go into church and they see the leadership, they see the pastors, and they see them as like um, holier, I guess, if that's mm-hmm. a, a good word to put it. And I think even me coming in like knowing that he wanted to go into full-time ministry and, like, marrying him, knowing, like, hey, like, this is his passion. I was like, you know what? Let's do it together. We got this. And then we get into ministry, and I'm like, what is happening? What is this? Like, I don't understand. Like, it was really hard for me to kind of come into um, a position of leadership and not understand um, what being in that position is like. And I think for me it's hard, um, like, all the time I struggle with, wondering what other people are thinking um, or judging or whatever based on what we're doing because it's like, oh, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Or people are oversensitive, I feel like, sometimes to church leadership and pastors because they expect them to be perfect. And even me, like, I can look back and look at churches and look at pastors and look at people that I thought was perfect and I would get hurt and I would get frustrated by it. And I would have to take a step back and say, like, you know what, they're not perfect, you know, they make mistakes, you know, we just need to fix the communication, or I need to just let it go, because they're not perfect, and I think um, now being in a position of leadership, I understand it a lot more, and like Clayton says, there's there's times that people are mad at us, or say something, and you know, you go home crying, because you're like, why, like, I, I didn't mean to hurt them, I didn't mm-hmm. know that that would offend them, I had no idea, all I want to do is care about the kids, and yeah, someone's hurt by it. And so I think the biggest um, thing, like, for us as leadership is to remember, like, you know, people are going to get offended, but, you know, like, we have to just keep doing what God has us doing and yeah. and know mm-hmm. that, like, we can't, you know, we can only control our response. We can't control theirs. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're in charge of their own response. So if you're on the other side of the spectrum of, like, you know, you're not church leadership, you're not that, and you're hurt, then you're in charge of your response and how you're going to treat them. And remember that they are 
just another person like you are and they can be hurt they can go home and cry just like you can you know and so I think the best thing is communication like Mm -hmm. if you do actually feel hurt by the church or by somebody and you can go talk to them then I would encourage you to go talk to them because I think that's the hardest part about being in leadership is someone will leave the church and they're mad and you don't even know why you're like why like I wish they would just talk to me or call Mm -hmm. me back or you know explain Mm because I would love to talk to them but sometimes that never happens and that's biblical. Like the Bible says, if you have conversation, com- if you're arguing with somebody, thank you. You're welcome. If uh, if you're arguing with someone, if you have beef against somebody, you need to go up to them. You mm-hmm. need to confront them. You yeah. go up yeah. to them and you tell them what's up, and then let it be. That's that's scripture. But something that she she just said, um, is and I just kind of want to follow up with that is pastors are human too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pa- here's the thing pastors are probably going to experience church hurt more than people are going to experience church hurt yeah. and um, when, I, when I say that when I say that I say that very kindly but the fact of the day is that pastors will experience probably more church hurt but they keep doing it yeah um, and that like, takes a whole nother level of grace and sacrifice mm-hmm. because you go in and you still have to smile and you know, and, and be the, the better, bigger person because that's what, you know, God expects you to be and that's what mm-hmm. they're expecting you to be. Like, because you think about it and you're like, man, this this pastor hurt me or whatever and, you know, and you have beef against them. And so then I think sometimes, because this has been me so I can speak from my own experience, is you look at them and now you're judging every little thing. Like, you're finding something. Like, you're looking for something else wrong or something else they're doing that's yeah. that you don't like just to add on to the church hurt versus either letting it go or talking to them. Yeah. And so, because I've, I've been hurt by a church. I've been hurt by my family has, you know, and I remember... You know, my friends invited me back to that church, and I just did not want to be there. And and I remember, like, judging everything the pastor was saying. I was like, oh, well, you didn't say that to us, or you didn't believe that back when, or, you know, whatever. And it just, it didn't help. Like, it didn't help the situation at all. Mm-hmm. And so, I think, yeah. going with that. It's an issue of the heart. <clears throat> yeah, I think so, too. Um, one of the Bible stories I can think of is, uh, you know, whenever Jesus was um, eating dinner, I th- think in maybe Zacchaeus's house, mm-hmm. and he had all of the, I guess, yep. sinners there, right? And then um, some of the religious leaders, I think, stopped by, right? And then they were like, hey, like, you know, what are y'all doing here? Like, Jesus, why, why are you sitting around the table with these people? You know what yeah. I mean? And, like, I can't imagine being at the table, being one of those people. I would get being so a, being mad. Being like, like, you would just offend offended by them saying I mean? that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, like Jesus responded in a most, like, you know, loving way and said, hey, like, these are the people that I, I've come here for. You know what I mean? And and just paraphrasing a little bit. But, um, you know, and then they went and sat, sat back down and finished their meal and stuff. And so, you know, um, I think that, I think a lot of times that, you know, the church can maybe get sometimes in a funk or sometimes in like a, a rut or routine and they can sometimes maybe miss or overlook the people that are sitting around the table, you know, whether mm. they're, um, whether they come from different backgrounds or whether they, you know, have different life experiences happen. And so I feel like a lot of times people, new believers will go into the church 
maybe they're sitting around the table and they expect something, kind of like mm-hmm. how you were saying, you know, like they expect to hear something, they expect to be told or maybe to be prayed for or prayed over and then it doesn't happen. And then they're like, well, Jesus doesn't love me. God doesn't mm-hmm. love me. And then, and they, then yeah. they leave and it's like, hey, mm-hmm. like you can sit at the table with Jesus right where you are. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't have to, you know, necessarily, hey, prayer's awesome, but you know, that, but that doesn't bring you closer to Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about you and your heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Well, the one thing that I noticed that y'all were saying, like, sometimes y'all feel like y'all have to be so careful of what mm-hmm. you say or do, but I feel like, I feel like you shouldn't have to be so overly careful. I feel like mm-hmm. people just get so easily offended and they, mm-hmm. they call a church hurt, but really it's, you know, like self-pity or like self-hurt because they're like hurting themselves by getting mad and offended (laughs) and so that's something we brought up in our podcast episode like we were just kind of talking and i was like you know what i feel like some people shouldn't label it as church hurt if it was something so small or something Mm -hmm. that someone said and like did and but i can understand like they're all in their own journeys as well you think what i'm thinking yeah what am i thinking of (laughs) Coffee? No, I'm not thinking of coffee. Okay. Well, something, something really interesting, and I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for what I'm about to say, but um, I'm about to put some stuff into the light, but um, the Bible school I went to, um, I'm not going to mention it for, just for the sake of what uh, I'm about to say, but um, I'm literally going to get some heat for this, but this is probably one of the most interesting things I have seen all year long is that they made a Facebook group Hmm. and uh, it's called the school's support group. And it's about if you've been offended or hurt by this ministry, uh, it's a whole Facebook group. And, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into details with it, but I've listened to some of the stories and some of them are legit. Some of them are some legit. And then some of them I'm like, get over yourself. Um, it back to what you said, self pity. In the fact today, it's like they come with this expectation of you're supposed to fix me. You're supposed to um, be my. You're supposed to be there every single phone call I have. You're supposed to be there um, night and day. You're eating dinner with your family, or you haven't had um, date night with your wife in like a month and a half, and because you've been working at the office overtime. Um, but you need to not worry about that and you need to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there's, wow. so, there's so many people like they don't realize that we need to have our personal space. There's still like, you know, um, one of the coolest things that, you know, we've had conversations about is boundaries mm-hmm. um, and boundaries in the ministry aspect is insane because um, there's seasons where um, when we first stepped into youth ministry and she, she knew this and I knew this is like, I'm going to be at the church a lot. Um, but the fact of the day is she is still my priority over everything else. It's God, my wife, then the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact of the day is that if, and here's a good, if your, your first ministry is your household, mm-hmm. if that ministry is not taken care of, you cannot take care of your other ministries. Yeah. And so yeah. the fact of the day is, um, you know, I've had some people, um, get annoyed because I'm not... <clears throat> putting enough time in a certain area and it's a fact today is like hang on i i haven't seen my family and um yeah. or talked to them on the phone in four weeks mm-hmm. i'm gonna go go spend time with them or you know we're gonna have a date night mm-hmm. um those are important like um 
and it goes back to the day is pastors are human too. They need yeah. um, they need alone time. They need they need to get filled up. They need to have their devotionals. They need to pastors need pastors. Um, wow. And that's so important. Um, and like the again the encouragement that we have for those who experience church hurt. I talk about forgiveness, but also evaluate your hurt. Um, evaluate. Like, what's the core from? What's it? the core? Is it? Because, and I'm not saying that to defend the church, because it's probably true. Like, mm-hmm. you're probably hurt by the church, and I understand that. Again, I I have I've been the person that offends somebody. Um, but the fact today is, realize what the hurt is. What's the core? Yeah. And then confront them. Come talk to them. I promise you they would rather you come talk to them and explain what's going on and take care of it than you just step away because here's the thing. They're your flock. Yeah. And so you care about them. You don't want them mad at you. Mm-hmm. You care about them. You love them. You pour your time into them. And the fact today is like they are offended by you and then they walk away and you don't even know why and it's it breaks your heart. It's like getting ghosted by your girlfriend. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. On a whole other level. Yeah. It's like on, on a whole other level. Like yeah. um man, it's a it's a deep, deep topic. And you know, I could probably go into mm-hmm. not a rant, but like I can go into a couple hours of this. <laughs> Maybe we'll but, have y'all back on for this yeah. for this topic. But it's it's really interesting, and I know, um, like, as a newlywed couple who like stepped into ministry, um, like we were only a few months in, and you know I was working at the church part time, but then you know situations happen, and the next thing you know, it was a night and day difference. We we became youth pastors, yeah, um, overnight, and the fact of the day is like it changes, the dynamic changes. It's almost like you look at your friends and you're like, it's a different relationship. And so it's like learning to balance those kind of things. And so, yeah. I was going to see something off what David said earlier about, you know, like Jesus sitting with the sinners and they're like, why are you sitting with them? And I think go back to people who aren't in um, the church or don't go to church, whether it's because they never have and they just don't know how or whether it's they were hurt or, you know, whatever it may be. But like, I think encouragement for people who label themselves as, you know, sinners are not good enough or I need to stop smoking or drinking or partying or whatever it is like before I can go to church because when I go there, they're just going to judge me. And I think that's where um, like there's a know, misconception is like, oh, they're just going to judge me for what I'm doing. But yet like, you know, everyone has their own, you know, sin, their own thing that they're dealing with. And I so my encouragement for those who may not be going to church because they feel like they need a change is that, you know, we don't have to change for God because, um, like, He knows we're all sinners and He still loves us. He still died on the cross for us even though we were going to mess up every single day. And so I think just um, even if you've been hurt and even if your, you know, labor yourself is not good enough for church, um, I encourage you to find a church family. You know, it may not be the, you may not go back to the same church that hurt you, whether mm-hmm. depending on the circumstances, but I encourage you to get plugged in somewhere because um, there are people that are going to care about you and you need a support system. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Church is so important. And like, you know, um, I'm not saying it, and again, I'm not saying this just because I'm a pastor, but, you know, um, one of the loneliest seasons of my life um I uh, I moved to Dallas. My my best friend said, "Hey, you want to move to Dallas?" And I said, 
why not? Like, and I moved to Dallas. Didn't know a single person. Didn't know a single person. I just moved to Dallas. And um, at the very beginning of it, it became the loneliest season of my life. Um, I just had me and my one friend. Um, Love the guy. He best friend of my to this day. But we things didn't get better until I found a church. I found a a very small church family mm. and um i was doing i did some music stuff on the side with other churches here and there but it was this church family that gave me support it gave me um faith again almost um because here's the thing you could be in a season in your life and you could feel alone you could feel bitterness you could feel anger mm-hmm. sadness loneliness and that leads to and man this we we could have gone into mental health like every single part of these topics mm-hmm. yeah. and we didn't but the fact today is this goes into mental health and the fact of today is having a church system have not a system but a church family and a support group a um to lift you up and be doing life with you is so important um it's so important it's biblical yeah um it's biblical i mean i can go into a lot of things about the church but the fact of today is what is a church it's believers coming together to lift each other up and lift up the one name that matters the most which is jesus mm-hmm. yeah. and that's where freedom comes mm-hmm. that's where um addictions are healed that's where um problems are relieved that's where grace is found is jesus wow yeah. but it all comes to the fact of days when we come together to lift up his name he shows up mm-hmm. That's good. Thanks, yeah. Clayton, for that. And wow, this has been a really, you know, um, great topic on um, how to church hurt and how to overcome it and how to, you know, um, do better and just just know, you know, that like we are all uh, on the same boat, <laughs> if you will. Yep. And um, so we know you guys are about to celebrate your one year anniversary. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay, so uh, what advice or lessons um, do you have from your first year of marriage and, you know, staying strong in your faith together, um, even through annoyances, conflicts, Mm -hmm. and tough times? Who wants to start first? (laughs) I guess I can go first. Okay. Okay. Um, I think definitely going in... um, you know, I think everybody who goes in the first year is like, oh, this is going to be great. This is awesome. We're married. Woohoo. And then you're like, wow, you annoy me a lot. <laughs> I related I think, to that. Love you too, dude. Yes, I love you very much. Um, but I think, um, I don't know, I go back to um, being like first year marriage, starting going business, being in ministry, um, like, me moving away from my family and like all of that it's just I think um a lot of it was hard of just all these new things all of these new things I didn't understand you know the dynamic of marriage yet I didn't understand like being in ministry and what all of that like was like about I guess like what all it entailed like how much you know like we were talking about hurt there could be and how much and how to overcome that and how to manage our relationship with you know the ministry and then we started our own business and that has had its rocky ups and downs too and that was a new topic for me as well and I think for me um, new things overwhelm me so then I had so many new things that I went through a, a phase in our marriage that I just felt like so defeated like all the time um, just about everything and so I think um, like being each other's like support system even through like 
annoyances and conflicts and tough times. I've noticed that, like, you know, when there is, like, conflict or frustration, like, taking a step back for us, at least for me, it helps me a lot is to take a step back because, like, I can lash out on him and I'm not really meaning to, but I can do it anyways. And so I think taking a step back for me to kind of gather my own thoughts and then I can... Like, okay, let's talk about it. Usually, yeah, yeah. usually mm-hmm. I'm not proud to admit this, but he's the one that comes first and like, hey, let's talk. Let's um, let's figure this out because I'm still moping or something. That was recorded, so I just want you to know that. <laughs> I, I know. I know it was recorded just so uh, you can go back and hear. We're going to go back again. time and time again. Just to <laughs> loop it. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Well, let's. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else, sir? Um. No, I think that's that's okay. about it. Just, you know, but then it comes back to, like, grace and forgiveness. You know, every time there's a, um annoyance or conflict, like, not leaving it alone. Like, maybe leave it to calm down and then go back to it and make sure you don't leave it where it's something you can bring back up because you don't ever want to bring oh. something back up. So. Yeah. It's harder. Um, what do they say? It's harder said than done. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially no, especially in the moment. Because oh, in the moment, yeah. you know, you don't want to talk you to You want to be or... right and you just want to be mm-hmm. the first one to be yeah. like, I was right. So. Yeah, I think I for right. me, I like walk away, but I don't do it in the most healthy way. I just like, walk away and I'm just mad or, and I'm like okay maybe I should have told him like we need to I take thought a she was going to throw a TV at me earlier so <laughs> I'm just kidding I had, we weren't even around a TV I know I messed it up <laughs> oh my gosh alright so um, Clayton what what would you say I guess um, kind of you know, kind of lessons you've learned in your first year of marriage and stuff, and conflicts, or uh, you know, staying mm-hmm. strong in your faith through you know tough times with so, each other. And so I said it. I said it earlier, and I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat what I said is that your 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 household is your number one priority in ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't minister in your household, how I'm gonna say it? How dare you go out and minister to other people? Mm-hmm. Um, for the fact of the day is that um, you know, are you good? Is she good? Because here's the thing, we're one. Abigail and I, we're one, just like you two are one. And if one person out of the two, two out of the one are messed up, you're both messed up. Yeah. And the fact today is uh, Jesus, number one, grace um, supplies all the needs that we can have. I, I'm, I'm big on grace. I'm big on the, um, on the idea of grace mm. and what Jesus teaches about that. And... Uh, the fact is just learning to let go. Um, sometimes, um, you know, you can easily, easily hold stuff. Um, there's a pastor that teaches about a fence. Um, and he, he uses a demonstration of an actual fence. And, you know, he says one offense. And it's like, oh, you don't take out the trash. Here's a fence. And puts a fence on the thing. Oh, and wow. Then, and, here, here's a, and here where it comes. And then another fence or... Hey, you, you keep you won't get off your phone. Here's a fence. Or hey, um, I'm constantly taking the dogs out, putting the fence up, putting another fence up, putting another fence up. And next thing you know, you have a fence between you and your spouse. Wow, yeah. um, a bunch of fences. A bunch of fences. <laughs> like and next, thing, it's almost like your next door neighbors instead wow. of being husband you're not and wife. Being like you're basically like roommates instead mm-hmm. of exactly. Spouses. Wow, yeah. Um, and so that's the thing is is learning to let go of a fence. Mm-hmm. Um, learning to let go of small little things. Um, and then, 
But they're big things, Clayton. Yes. Well, <laughs> and here, but here, here's the other thing: is small things add up to big things. Yeah. yeah that's and so, true. but that's true. Yeah, that's true. It, it's communication, it's forgiveness, and it's trial and error. Um, yeah. It's constantly um, just trying your best and learning how to love and support each other mm-hmm. as best as you can. Um, how many? Yeah. We're like what a week away from two weeks. Mm. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks from yeah. one year. Uh-huh. Y'all were at our wedding, and so it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's so exciting to see y'all get married and see y'all like yeah. almost, you know, almost there to one year mark. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy to see how far y'all have grown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, gone through crazy year. Yeah, yeah. So I think I was gonna say, um, oh man, hold on, let me remember. You were talking about like letting go, and I just was giggling because I was thinking there have been so many times right before he has to preach or something, and I start like a little argument, and he's just like, can we not do this Majority right now? Majority of the time. <laughs> and then he goes up there and like, you know, where he's preaching, and we had just had like an argument not Aww. even five minutes before that, and it's just funny because you it's go constant. from... <laughs> it's funny. It's on the littlest things. And it's, I don't even, like, it's like, I don't even know why, but it happens. It's, it's the it's, devil. It's funny to... <laughs> No, honestly, though, that literally almost happened. Maybe every other time we try to record an episode, like, we had a fight or, like, Mm-hmm. We're like, or we started the podcast and then we're still in a fight. We had to turn it off and like wait till like the next day to record it. So I relate yeah. to that. Yeah. It's just one of those times. things. Well, here's the thing. It's a part of God's work. It's it, what, what does the enemy do? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And here's the thing. Nothing ticks off the enemy more than marriage. Because yeah. marriage is designed by God. Young people, yeah. listen to what I just said. Yeah. Marriage is designed by God. And um, the thing is, is he can separate us. <laughs> He can separate what you're called to do. Yeah. Because I'm not a youth pastor. We are youth pastors. Yep. We're not young adult leaders. We are young adult leaders. Um, I'm not just Clayton. I'm Clayton and Abigail. Like yeah. We're one. Mm-hmm. And if one, again, if one is off, we're both off. Mm-hmm. And it comes to the fact today is like the enemy does want to take out marriages. That's why I think, go back, go all the way back to earlier there's a whole generation that's not being raised by their parents. Yeah. In yeah. fact, today, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And this, back to generational curses. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we can go all back around, <laughs> but... I remember what I was going to say earlier. He was talking about small offenses equal, like, big offenses. And I think, like, there's been so many times I've talked to students about, like, why their parents got divorced or they've been together for so long. How could this happen? And it's I have to explain to them how, like, it didn't just happen overnight. They didn't just suddenly hate each other after 40 years of marriage. Like, it was little things over and over again. There was a lot of communication errors. There was a lot of um, not wanting to compromise one way or the other or, you know, the lack of God in the middle of the relationship, you know, all, like over years. It doesn't just happen overnight and you're like, man, we should get a divorce. And, you know, after yeah. 40 years, three kids, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, why no, not? You know, no way. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, why why put all this effort into it and then just suddenly, like, I give up on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's there's always something and more to the story. And I think that's hard, you know, for kids sometimes, especially when the kids feel like it's their fault, you know, and you have to console them for that because, you know, it's not their fault, you know, yeah. that their parents got divorced. Like, you know, they, they were one. That was their decision. All of their fights, not your fault. They're, mm-hmm. you know, on them. You know, they're their own thing to figure out but I don't know just I think that just reminder for like divorces and marriages and I think I talked about during my message in singleness how like um every one out of two 
was like 50% of marriages now are getting um, divorced. So I split the room in half and I said, y'all are getting on a plane over here on the left. Y'all are getting on the plane over here on the right. I'm sending y'all off. Only one of y'all are coming back. Mm-hmm. That's the marriage. That's the marriage wow. aspect that one, you know, marriage is going to get divorced versus the other mm-hmm. like type of thing. I'm just like taking care of your marriage and taking care of like the little things. And I told the kids, like, I'm not trying to say I want y'all to die. I need yeah. y'all to know that. But just out of, just to let y'all know, like, this is a little, you know, yeah. thing. But, um, but yeah. I feel like it's important that's why we're, you know, asking this, this question because I feel like it's so important to start off your marriage. Like, obviously, the first year is not always the best year, but at least, like, you're trying to start out mm-hmm. on a better foundation, mm-hmm. like, in Christ. So, I feel like once you really try to lay that foundation down with Christ and the Word, like, that's when your marriage is just going to go up from here mm-hmm. instead of, you know, oh, you don't even, like, try in the beginning, and then that's where divorce can happen mm-hmm. exactly yeah <clears throat> i think so too i think i think your first year is a it's a bittersweet <laughs> I'd well, I mean, maybe the first that. Few, or maybe sweet better what about, what about the first few years i mean i i feel like we're not like experienced married no, couple yeah, no, like we're not even in our third year yet years. we did a poll a, a long time oh ago my gosh. yeah y'all are still considered newlyweds right oh, yeah still see considered newlyweds. what is considered newlyweds and so oh man we had all these people coming up to us and telling us stuff five years and you're never you're never not newlyweds or oh right Something like, like that, you're always yeah. newlyweds and stuff um Anyways, it was just crazy because I was like, oh my gosh, everybody has their own definition. And so like, you know, um, I feel like it's just a matter between between you and your wife. You know, mm-hmm. y'all can, y'all can, you know, act like newlyweds your whole life, which is great. Or you don't have to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can be seasoned married couple. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I don't know. Well, I think everyone's going to have their own opinion no yeah, matter I mean, what. Like, like, no matter how like, many years. Oh, you're only 10 years. Wait oh, until you're 30. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, everyone's always going to have a yeah. wait till then. Just like when I remember growing up, it's like, oh, you're, you know, double digits. You're 10 now. And then you're like, oh, this is like, this is how it's going to be now. And it's just mm-hmm. like, why are you determining, like who I am and then it's like 13 yeah. you're gonna start being a brat now I'm like seriously yeah, like you're 25 you're gonna you know? have back pain yeah. thanks a lot for telling me that <laughs> now I have back pain oh anyways well we just want to end with one more question yeah so um every interview that we have every guest that we bring in on the podcast we always end with this question and we have enjoyed this conversation with y'all and we would love Thank to probably have y'all back yes <laughs> maybe sometime soon um so the last question is um, what is your mission from God currently right now in this season of life? Currently right now in this season of life. Um, so there, um, so again, like Abigail said, we have a business. We work in, we serve in ministry. I don't like to say we work in ministry. We serve in ministry and uh, we're married, you know. So I think there's three different missions in that case. Mm-hmm. Um, one is to be present for this generation, to let them know that someone's here. Mm-hmm. Um Second is the fact of the day is to be determined, to be disciplined, to grow in areas um, where we struggle in. I know that like we started a business and uh, with that, it's like a lot of learning curves, um, a lot of things to learn and a lot of things to grow in. So it's learning to be disciplined in certain areas. And then lastly, um, to love, like in our marriage and everywhere we go is to love. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's that's really like our mission right now, where we're at in life, is mm-hmm. we're to be present, we are to learn to be more disciplined, and we are to love everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. And so, I think for us, 
but yeah it's the, so. i think it's always easier said than done like oh, yeah. like we all know but mm-hmm. yeah the mission doesn't happen overnight yeah it's, takes time mm-hmm. yeah so well good yeah well we're uh you know all about uh you know discovering our mission um according to god's plan on here and um we just want to thank you thank you both yeah. for being on the podcast um we want to leave you guys with the last word so we usually leave our guests with the last word so um is there any last thoughts or um last words that you would of like anything to you want anything to you want to say we love you too Aww. we do <laughs> no. um i guess I do. I look down at my hand and I'm wearing my wedding band. This is Ahava. And that's our like word. I think it's from the Greek. And it's a form of love and it just means to choose love. And so for all of the, you know, married couples, all of the engaged couples, just remembering that like you're not going to always feel love towards the other person because it's going to be a choice. And so even though you're frustrated with them or, or overwhelmed or whatever, you have to choose choose that. Like it's a choice. You have to physically make yourself choose just like forgiving is a choice you have Mm. to choose to forgive someone sometimes you have to choose to love the Mm -hmm. other person even the person you married go ahead preacher (laughs) that was amazing and i I remember at your wedding Mm -hmm. day like y'all you know had adhava everywhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) you had it on like papers and Mm -hmm. you know y'all talked about it in the ceremony and i really love the meaning of that about it very uh Give that to the porch. It's a young adult for, for young adults. Plug in. Plug in. Um, <laughs> it's a ministry that really like blessed us and actually like gave a big foundation for the ministries we've launched. Mm-hmm. Um, the porch, which is Watermark Church in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's what ad- I learned about. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's their young adults ministry, and I, I really recommend young adults to listen to their sermons, what they have. Um, very relevant, mm-hmm. very new. Very uh, not beat around the bush. They don't beat around the bush. They tell very, you Very, like, straight how it is. <laughs> and so... Um, cool. But yeah. We'll have to link that down um, yeah. below. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember y'all brought that up before, mm-hmm. the porch, over and over. Yes, yeah. all the time. It, it, she's such a... Uh, they call them porchies. Yeah. Porchies. <laughs> yeah. They call and them actually, cool. on Tuesday I'm night, so it yes. probably starts in, like, one minute. Yes, and... I'm gonna t- I'm gonna make fun of Abigail real quick because uh, it's not oh. anything right without making fun of her. Oh boy! Um, so we were at a we were at an FC yeah. we were at an FCA event at the college here in Corpus. <laughs> what is what does FCA stand Fellowship for? Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Okay. And so I'm a fanatic for them. I try to support them as much as they can. For the Abigail's going nuts right now because I'm about to tell this story. <laughs> well, some some college kid was giving their testimony, uh-huh. and there's a good handful of us out here at this. Uh, soccer stadium and stuff like that out in the college and this person who's giving their testimony brings up the porch and Abigail out of nowhere just screams like oh my <laughs> god it was so awkward I was so embarrassed no, nobody <laughs> else yelled no because no, no one knows what it is usually he's the one that embarrasses me but this was the one time that I embarrassed and I mean him. like she's like, go. she's like you go girl and all this kind of stuff and I, I said was excited. and I'm literally like Legit, you are embarrassing me. Like I don't know you. Goodbye. <laughs> so that is so funny. I love that funny story, and I feel like that's the perfect way to like. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. So we'll um, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Yeah, we'll see y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.